Midnight Facts for Insomniacs. <laughs> I just learned something. Oh, I'm having fun now. And some of us were like, hey, you know what? I can human neuter. My name for is days. Shane Crotch Snipper Rogers. And forever shall I be Crotch known. Scraper. Oh, uh, scraper's even worse. A lot of them didn't survive so good. There was a lot of like bone chips and Sounds like a bad plan. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Okay, next subject. <laughs> Alright, Duncan. Yo, hit me. What is your favorite idiom? Idiom. Uh no, I don't have one. That's unhelpful. Uh. I was hoping that you would have one that's on my list. We're going to go through, like we had talked about before, yeah. the origin of some of these common sayings. Mad as a hatter. Eh, that one's fun, but I know all about that one. Okay, go. Mad as a hatter, based on how, uh, what is it, felt? Anyway, hats mm-hmm. used mm-hmm. to be sized and shaped, involved mercury, and the people who would put them together would essentially, over a span of about five years to a decade, get mercury poisoning. You have more information on this than I do. The one thing I know is it is called erethism. Mm. And hat makers in England during the Industrial Revolution, they were frequently exposed to mercury vapors, and they would get sick. Everyone thinks the Mad Hatter comes from... Lewis Carroll? Yeah, Yeah. they think that Mad as a Hatter comes from Alice in Wonderland, but in fact, that is based on the idea that hatters would get mad... Hatter's disease, erethism. Our next idiom. No, please. White elephant gift. That's so you know what? He- that's hella racist. There are in fact white elephants. Show me one. Do you want me to Google it for you? Yes, please. We will show you what a white elephant looks like. It is an albino elephant. It is a rare kind of elephant, but not a distinct species. Although often depicted as snow white, their skin is normally a soft reddish brown, turning a light pink when wet. They don't look white at all. Look Mm-mm. at that picture. That just looks like a damn brown elephant. Yeah, you got to remember albinoism actually exists in every creature ever. Uh-huh. It's genetic drift. That just was, looks a little bit like pinkish. It looks like a pig. Ooh, okay, that's a better shot. Yeah, so that basically looks like your average redneck elephant. Like, <laughs> yeah. if you were looking at, like, a redneck that stood out in the sun just a bit too much or had a, a bit too much Budweiser, that's your elephant. It's an elephant with a slight sunburn. Yeah. So in Myanmar, formerly Burma, as I mentioned, uh, Thailand and Cambodia, white elephants are sacred, and owning them is a sign of great wealth. Supposedly, monarchs from these countries would give the gift of a white elephant to people they disliked. They would pretend that it was a great honor so that the recipient would feel obligated to keep the animal. But the upkeep was a huge expense, and it would eventually bring financial ruin. Sounds fair. It's like giving someone a puppy that weighs 10,000 pounds. Right. (laughs) Here, feed this. I guess if the person was wealthy... It is a very considered fuck you. It's like a, I've looked at your portfolio, sir, <laughs> yeah. and you cannot take this white <laughs> elephant. Had you been a bit richer, I would not gift you this fuck you. This was an F you to peasants. Yes, more or less. Yeah. Bite the bullet. Ooh, this never sounded like a good idea. Yeah, supposedly it's exactly what it sounds like. It refers to a practice of biting a shell casing during wartime surgery when there was no anesthesia. But that seems really unlikely that that was the thing. I don't, I mean, I, I can see how it would be a thing right up until the first couple times when people were like, oh, wait, compression tends to set off black power, black powder, or black yeah. power. That was yeah. <laughs> not uh, Freud. Freud it, sometimes, over that. Some, sometimes a cigar is just a dick. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so, yeah, uh, maybe don't compress black powder and so or that, cordite. That for sure, although without an accelerant, I don't think you could make the bullet 
I guess you could if you hit it hard enough, but I don't know if you could do that from chewing it. My issue more is just that that's not an effective strategy for counteracting pain because it's just going to create more pain. And in fact, when your teeth shatter, you're going to need more surgery. It seems like it was an apocryphal. It was something that maybe was rumored to have happened, but probably never happened because they had leather straps, which is what normally. I was going to say they had on. belts or yeah. just shirts. Why like you're going to ball grab... up a shirt and throw it in his mouth. It will distract you. To be fair, it, it that will. <laughs> Goddamn. But you could just punch him in the mouth repeatedly while giving just the surgery. Just whack him on the back of the head. Yeah. Instant unconsciousness. He may die or get a cerebral hemorrhage, in which case, oops. It's like cutting off an arm to distract from cutting off his leg. You're just like, in order to, <laughs> so that you don't focus on this pain, <laughs> here you go. The one good thing about performing surgery without anesthesia is that you don't end up in the situation where you accidentally cut off the wrong limb. My bad. That has happened. <laughs> yeah, no, I actually have heard of those 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 tales. But at least if you're biting a bullet in absolute agony and you're gonna notice and be like, no, 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 other other leg, other leg. So you know, benefit. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> it was the left one. <laughs> that is so terrible. Oh, oh can you imagine? Ew. No, I can't, and I don't want to. It makes me nauseous. Just like, thinking about uh, it. Wait a minute. We're looking on the chart. I thought this was a castration. No, that was your leg. It was a ball trim. I was going with the <laughs> I was going with the middle leg. It's your dude, it's it's on you for having to dig that big. I got confused. Yeah, there you go. You could be like, you know what? Uh, take it as a compliment. And look on the bright side. Don't need to pull out anymore. Uh, you don't have anything to pull out anymore. I mean, gelding is different than Castration, I guess, it can just be the balls. It can also well, be... Well, castration also just is the whole package. Yeah, yeah, it can be the whole package. You do not want to look at I think neutering is the balls. Just the balls, right. Castration, I think, can be the whole thing. It is. I've actually looked into this. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. More information required. Oh, oh okay. So, uh, <laughs> over the centuries of castration, castrato, and no, no, otherwise... No, no, no. Why have you looked into this? That is the question. You said, oh, I have looked into Sir, this. Sir... You don't need to know everything about me. I looked into it, and there was, like, the Egyptian practice. They, they had, like, essentially what was a crotch scraper. Oh, God. Yeah, and just picture two, like, shearing blades, and they just sort of took the whole thing in one shonk. Oh, my God. Yeah, and there were just there were a bunch of different ways. Someone designed that. Someone was like, someone came to someone else and was like, here's what we need. Dude, and someone have... was like, I got you. They were like... <laughs> Give me a week. I'll figure this out. <laughs> yeah. We all have to have a legacy. And some of us were like, hey, you know what? I can human neuter. My name for is days. Shane Crotch Snipper Rogers. And forever shall well, I be crotch known. Scraper. Oh, a lot of scraper is even worse. They didn't. A lot of them didn't survive so good. There was a lot of like bone chips. And, Sounds yeah, like a, a bad plan. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Okay. Next subject. <laughs> <laughs> Crocodile tears. This one has always confused me. Do crocodiles actually cry? So the explanation refers to this archaic idea that crocodiles would weep while consuming their prey. Referenced numerous times by Shakespeare. They don't do that. No, they have an extra eyelid thing, yeah? Well, so where this originally comes from is kind of a mystery, but their eye ducts can and do produce lubrication to clean and moisten their eyes. And when that happens, it looks as if they're weeping. Now, they probably don't do that very often when they're eating, but they could, and so, you know, presumably at some point a crocodile was witnessed, quote, crying as it was emptying its eye ducts, 
and the irony of a murderous reptile shedding tears, potentially over feeling guilty or something, uh, gave birth to this saying. When it, presumably it was maybe its eyes were irritated or dry, and uh, but that's where it came from. Uh, crocodiles can indeed produce tears. Obviously, that's not related to any type of emotion. Right. Or, you know, this is before we understood reptiles, and they were just like, we're going to rationalize this. And also, that reptile might have been like, it's so good. (laughs) (laughs) Screaming. It's okay. I love what fear does to the meat. That's true. It could have been, you know, why did we automatically assume that he felt sad? Maybe he was just Just in a state of rapture. Just, you know, mouth orgasm. Yeah, he was like, this is the best human I have ever tasted. <laughs> Can we scare the living shit out of every child we eat, please, from now on? Crocodile tears. Uh, this one I liked. Read the Riot Act. Oh. The Riot Act was an actual law passed by British Parliament in 1715. Oof. Like Miranda writes... In America, the Riot Act was required to be read by a law officer when he was attempting to disperse a gathering or protest of at least a dozen or more people. Through fucking what? They didn't have <laughs> amplification. They You're just to, supposed to be bellowing this over the random shouts and drunken insanity yeah. and like the pounding of fists I, against flesh? I love the idea of a guy standing up in the middle of a riot <laughs> with a piece of paper. I, I say, I, I say, I say, sir, sir, no, put that midget down. I don't know what he's doing here. He's not part of this. Sir, all of you need to disperse. By order of the queen. Uh, even worse. It's wordy. It's, uh, I'm going to read you the right act. Oh, please do. <laughs> Our sovereign lord, the king, chargeth and commandeth all persons being assembled immediately to disperse themselves and peaceably to depart to their habitations or to their lawful business upon the pains contained in the act made in the first year of King George for preventing tumults and riotous assemblies. God save the king. Yeah, I'm figuring about, like, the second <laughs> sentence, he's already caught a brick, bottle, fist. I think you have truncheon. to be really good at making announcements and pronouncements while weaving and bobbing. Dude, <laughs> you got to be a fucking ninja orator. Like, the at that point, you're like, I thought you had you on the I love that the crowd then had one hour to comply. They gave one, them an hour. One, one whole hour to destroy the square. They're... Well, here's the thing. The punishment for failing to disperse, I bet you can guess. Death. Death. So you're up there like, you guys want to hear this. No, trust me. Like, you need to listen. Ow. 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 I, you I'm dickhead. trying to help I'm you here. <laughs> trying to keep you from being killed. Yeah. The Dude. Riot Act. Reading the Riot Act. Okay. If any one of the rioters who were there to just throw down had a timepiece... They were calling out time. They're <laughs> like, all right, mates, keep, no, keep it up. We're fine. No, no, you're good. You're good. Um, another 54 minutes. No, keep it up. No, you're good. You're good. No, yeah, tell the, I, I want some bread out of there. Go on. Go get me some bread. All right. Uh, 55 minutes. We're good. Like, yeah. I also like that it's a dozen or more people. I like that someone would just come out and you're just like, no, 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 this is an 11 person riot, dude. We are exempt. I'm sorry, (laughs) sir. This is not actually a riot. This is considered a brawl by the King's Law. He's like, no, no, I see 12. They're like, all right, you know what, Bill? Bill, fuck away off him. (laughs) Yeah, go just give us like one hour, Bill. We're just, we're going to finish Give us rioting. 59 minutes. He's already announced it. So yeah, go. Just tag your friends in. Just like, <laughs> you, know, you know what? Every five minutes, I'm going to tag in for the riot. We got to keep it under 12, bro. We got to keep it under 12. 
Yeah, I mean, how do you enforce this? You're like, hey, all of you 500 people tearing shit apart like fucking army ants. Yeah. Stop. Stop in the name of the king. I say, I've read something. It's like, uh, well, you know what? We tried. <laughs> and give them 59 more minutes, and then we just kill everybody. Yeah. <laughs> just, just, <laughs> that's the thing. If you're that guy, you're like, yeah, you disrespect me now. Mm. You get to go out there and hold your piece of paper, and you're, like, dodging shit, and you're like, give it one hour, bitches. <laughs> like, <laughs> wait. You fucking wait. And I wonder how fast, because you had to memorize this. I'm sure you're holding up the piece of paper, but you can't read while you're dodging. So presumably this guy learned. All right, give me your text again. I want to see how fast I can read this. Uh, It is, let's see, it'll start at the very top there. And you have to read it in British, in a British accent. All right. Our sovereign, the Lord, the King, charges the command is that all persons being assembled immediately disperse the... Put that brick down, sir! <laughs> and pursue <laughs> peacefully the power of inhabitants of the Lord. Fuck you! Of the pains contained you, in the act of the Lord of the first George King. I'm not scared uh, of you. Prevent tumult and right this assembly. Ass. Son of a bitch, God keep, save the king! You're all going to die in an hour! Don't, don't listen to him. <laughs> keep rioting. It was mostly Scots, but fuck it. It was the UK. <laughs> that's still, you read it really fast, and that still took forever. Yeah. That is ridiculous. Yeah, that person going to die. Who, who thought this was a good idea? Who thought this was a it good idea? It sounds like empty, idiotic bureaucracy to me. That is a problem with bureaucracy, whether it's 2020 or 1715. Yeah. So there are nautical terms. Practically, like, every idiom that you think of, there's a good chance, if you don't know what it is, it's a nautical term. Okay, so we'll go through just a bunch of these nautical terms real quick. High and dry. Mm. uh, That's a beached vessel. Yep. Right? Not only was it dry, it was raised up off the sand, uh, which sucks if you're a boat. That's not where you want to be. So you're high and dry. Bad for your hoe. Can't get out to ocean. Kind of heavy. You are literally and metaphorically high and dry. Loose cannon is obvious. Cannons were affixed to the top of the deck. And, and if something that weighs upwards of two or 300 pounds is rolling around a deck in a cylindrical fashion mm-hmm. in the middle of a fucking combat war in the middle of an ocean, kind of bad for anyone who has legs or limbs. <laughs> or a life. Cut of your jib. Mm. The cut of the jib, the smaller sail on a sailboat, actually indicates where a boat is from. It would indicate, based on how it was cut, the origin of the jib. So if you saw a jib that was cut a certain way and you knew you liked the people from where that jib originated, from whence that jib originated, you would say, I like the cut of that jib. Wide berth. Ah, yeah. To give a wide berth. A large mooring space for a ship is obviously a berth. So to give a wide berth is to give someone plenty of space. This one I didn't know. I would not have guessed that this was nautical. Under the weather. If a sailor was feeling sick, he would be sent below deck so he could be under the weather. Aye. Hmm. Didn't know. So a bunch of nautical terms. There are a ton more. I don't want to go through all of them. But like I said, if you don't know the origin of an idiom, there's like a really good chance it's probably nautical. Just remember, boys and girls, how did we spread our culture? Over 70% of the fucking planet is water. Yep. True. True that. Cut to the chase. You know where that comes from? Uh, it sounds like a movie term, basically cutting yes. the action area. That is exactly what it is. It is a cinema term. Early movies, you, you know, they would usually involve a romance or some kind of like formulaic plot, and they would climax with a thrilling chase scene, uh, which I guess hasn't changed much. That's actually <laughs> basically what we do now. So cutting to the chase is a term for getting directly to the exciting part. Right. We talked about rule of thumb. 
So there is controversy about this one. We mentioned the commonly accepted theory that it refers to a law stating that a man was permitted to beat his wife with a stick as long as it was no thicker than his thumb. But it might also be a carpentry term because carpenters would use their thumbs to approximate the width of an inch. Uh, And so they were saying it seems unlikely that even in those times it would have been fairly crass to have that be an actual rule. So hopefully it's the carpentry thing. Because your flange on your thumb is about an inch. Yeah. Which would make sense. Yeah. Uh, on my wife, who has a genetic defect, which makes it like half that length, don't go with her rule of thumb because you're not going to get your house measured right. Well, it's the same as like a foot. I mean, a foot was intended to be like, oh, it's the kind of the size of a foot. But, you know, whose foot is actually a perfect foot? Mine is only nine and a half, according to my foots. Don't be embarrassed about your nine and a half inch foot. That seems good. I don't know. What size shoe do you wear? Nine and a half. That's not nine and a half inches. I don't, I, then clearly I don't know how shoes are sized. <laughs> okay, I'm mind. not a fucking shoe salesman. <laughs> so hopefully it's a carpentry term because otherwise, you know, that means that someone invented the idea of a phrase referring to acceptable types of domestic violence. Uh, and that was credible enough for people to start using it. Uh, so, you Which know. is hilarious in a very dark, dark way. If yeah. you can't laugh at human darkness... Honestly, why if you look can't into laugh it? at spousal abuse, no, that's actually it's not that funny. <laughs> it's, really, it's not funny. Hair of the dog that bit you. If you can't laugh at spousal abuse, there's no way to finish that sentence and come out looking like a human being. No. Right, hair of the dog that bit you. Yeah. In olden days, apparently before the advent of things like science and common sense, Mm. there was the dubious belief that you could heal a rabid dog's bite by applying to the wound the hair of the dog that bit you. Which is very unsanitary. Uh, Fuck. (laughs) I hope no one ever did that. Apparently they did because it became a thing. I guess. First you have to wrestle him to the ground. Rab- He's already rabid. Yeah, I was going to say, wrestle this <laughs> rabid pit bull to the ground. Good luck with that. Cut off some of his hair and then apply it to the many more bites that you have now sustained. <laughs> I don't think this worked out well for anyone. I don't think this was a thing. But they did it enough for it to become a saying. Saying, which, yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. Freelance. I bet you can guess, if you think about it, what freelance comes from. Mercenary knights? Yes. That's, we don't need to talk anymore about it. That's what it comes from. <laughs> Nailed it! Scott Free. Mm, sounds racist. Don't approve. So, yeah, it's not Scottish. A, a Scott, S-K-O-T, was an Icelandic or Norse word for a tax. So to get something Scott-free a was scot. to get it without tax. Scott. All right. Or Scott. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but unrelated to Scotland. Right. Uh, get on your soapbox or get off your soapbox. Uh, speech of fine in, in times when there weren't like a lot of stages, you know, stages or there yeah. were big groups of people who were loud and stupid. Mm-hmm. So in the early 1900s, goods were often shipped in wooden crates that could be used by political rabble rousers or religious orators or random whack jobs to <laughs> scream at passersby. The classic version was a soapbox, which seems to have been the perfect size for standing and projecting. Since 1872, it's been traditional for orators to gather in Hyde Park, England, in specific on Sundays, to preach about politics and religion from soapboxes. Throughout the years, soapboxing has been associated with free speech and also with annoying the shit out of people. 
Seems fair. That's pretty gutsy to just get on a soapbox with a rowdy mob. That's basically like the guy reading the riot act. There are going to be hecklers, and it's a lot like doing... I have done comedy to people who didn't want comedy and didn't know there was going to be comedy. I've done comedy on a street corner. Why? For this festival thing, we did, like, random comedy. And, oh, my God, people don't appreciate comedy that they did not sign up for. It was basically, like, us kind of trying to make fun of people. If someone's walking by, you can't tell a joke that they're going to be invested in. So you would just be like, two jokes oh. in a bar. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we were like heckling passersby. This sounds like a way of like, hey, we have no scars. We want to gain some. Yeah, it was good for <laughs> that. All those things that I've done, like doing comedy in a Mexican restaurant, doing comedy mm. in a barbecue restaurant with mm. a bunch of children in there. These things they do. They build calluses. You become immune to it. You can kind of laugh at yourself while you're up there. The most recent terrible show I did was at a music festival. And in between the music acts, we had to come out and do comedy. Not only that, they would not let us use the stage. There was a sign that said, only musicians on stage. So we had to walk out in front of the stage. We didn't even have a soapbox. We had to walk out in front of the stage, hold a microphone, and be like, hey, everybody, time for comedy to a rapidly dispersing crowd that did not want comedy and was there for music. I, w- I was actually talking about literal scars, not metaphorical. Oh, like yeah. it, so- it sounds like it's like, yeah. hey, I don't want to die without scars. Sweet. Mock people walking by your corner. Yeah. Sure way to get stabbed, beaten, fucked up, bruised. Yeah, I've never been attacked or had anything thrown at me, but I've seen it happen to comedians. For Pete's sake. This one I don't have anything on other than like St. Peter. Yes. So a lot of people have probably heard this phrase and thought, who the hell is Pete? It's a substitute for Christ's sake. It's basically just a uh, less blasphemous, less well, sacrilegious. Sake. Yeah. Instead of saying for Christ's sake, you're just saying Pete. And they think it probably came from St. Peter. No, I don't know why they chose St. Peter particularly and why it's cool to be shouting his name and not Paul or Mary. But apparently it's okay to take a saint's name in vain. Uh, so there it is. Also, uh, Heavens to Betsy is another uh, famous one that i did not look into why betsy two more all right a baker's dozen yep i have no idea what that means in medieval times a baker could be fined for selling an underweight dozen so they would throw in an extra loaf of bread and 13 is a baker's dozen really yeah who the fuck was getting quote-unquote cheated at the baker and was like sir find this man Whoever was Who buying bread. Yeah, but who established the right? The right amount? Yeah. Of bread? Yeah. Well, like who established how much the bread cost? If there's a cost for the amount of bread. Because the problem is, right, what if you get a bunch of bread, but he's just taken out all the middle and it's an empty hollow shell of bread. You had to weigh it to make sure that you were getting the right amount of bread. Sarah, I believe you have short-sighted me in this weighty bread. <laughs> I asked for 14-weight bread. This is clearly 11-weight bread. Don't be skimping on my bread. I don't want some uh, some light-ass bread. <laughs> <laughs> hey, ain't nobody here bought bread light, bitch. I love it. If it was just the weight, you could just bake like a a dense chunk. Oh, dude, and like, just put it on the scale and be like, yep, there's uh, 12 loaves. Done. <laughs> What's a dark bread that's really nasty and no one likes? Oh, boy. Uh, Guinness? <laughs> yeah, I like that. You made me laugh. Deck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. We, wait, we have one more. Um, Pumpernickel. That's what it was. 
Oh, pumpernickel. Pumpernickel, that super dense. Because my like no, I did, no, dude, but my dad would yeah. take that shit with us on backpacking trips. Oh, okay. And it was like I had to just suffer through that. I was like, ah, I got bread. Do you have bread? Like, but do you? Does, <laughs> does that taste count? like foot? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> pumpernickel, I like, but it is an acquired taste. And I, if I were expecting like sandwich bread, I'd be like, f you, with this nonsense. Especially like bringing raisin bread to like make a salami sandwich. <laughs> it's like, no, fuck you. I ain't making no cottage oh, yeah. cheese banana bread sandwich. <laughs> what was it? Uh, that was severely. Yeah. <laughs> we have to count the number of Hedberg references we've made. I think one every few episodes we throw in a Hedberg reference. He was a heroinized master. He was right up there with Hendrix, dude. <laughs> like, you have to reference him. Okay, let the cat out of the bag. So this is the saying that piqued our curiosity and inspired this episode. Unfortunately, the mystery remains. The most common theory, which is touted by a number of etymology resources, is that the phrase refers to medieval livestock purchases. A pig seller would sell a pig in a sack, but at the last moment he would swap it for a cat. And when the purchaser got home, he or she would find out the truth when the unsuspecting sucker let the cat out of the bag. Seriously? No, because Snopes says no. That's not no. Yeah, who the <laughs> like, fuck is buying a pig and says this weighs the same as a cat? And I, the cat isn't like. <laughs> yeah, I love this because they cite as evidence, quote, common sense. <laughs> <laughs> and this is Snopes for fuck's sake. So they're like, um, no. Saying, quote, it's nigh on impossible to mistake a cat for a pig. House cats and pigs are not of comparable size. So a sack containing the one instead of the other isn't going to fool a buyer. Cats also behave far differently than pigs. While a pig encased in a sack might squeal or oink as it's carried home, a cat is going to spit, yowl, hiss, and meow. We think you'd have to search high and low to find anyone capable of mistaking the sounds made by one for the noises produced by the other. Moreover, I love how deep they got into this. While a pig in a bag might kick and struggle... A cat will add its signature claw work to that dynamic. Word. As he regards his ripped-up appendages, even the most dense of livestock purchasers is going to realize that pigs don't have claws. <laughs> Lastly, consider this. They are really all in. Because whoever read this was like, are you fucking <laughs> yeah. kidding? This person was like, I'm going to take some time on this one. Yeah. Because you're stupid. It's worth it. This, I need to not just, I need to humiliate this person. For, quote, let the cat out of the bag to have as its origin a practice of cats being surreptitiously foisted upon the unwary by crooked farmers, said fraud would have had to have been successfully run on so many that its denouement worked its way into the language, and that via folks not figuring out they'd been had until they got home. There weren't that many fools in the Middle Ages. If there had been, the species wouldn't have survived. <laughs> to say nothing the fact that when you typically bought something from someone... You'd come back. You'd come back and be like, are you fucking kidding? Yeah. Who's you where, fucking prick. Where are these traveling pig sellers who also have a cat handy that they can just... Or 12, <laughs> apparently, because they're not just selling one. Yeah. That was a legendary breakdown of why, <sighs> dude. Who, do we have the author on that? I just want to give them no. like a shout out on this podcast. Be just, like, you are a legend, sir. Snopesy Snopeserson. I don't know. Oh, Someone dude. from Snopes. All right, so Snopey McSnoperson, who just went full bore on that. Yeah. Props. You at a legend session. Yeah. There's another theory relating the saying to a cat of nine tails, the whip, which was used as a punishment on vessels. There's a theory that like maybe it was stored in a sack. 
and then it would be, quote, let out of the bag if someone ratted on someone else. So the idea was like the cat's been let out of the bag. Again, there's no evidence that whips were stored in sacks, and there's no examples of the phrase being used in reference to whips. So it's most likely that let the cat out of the bag. Like, look, when a cat gets out of a bag, it goes nuts. It runs all over the place. It's like causes havoc. Causes havoc. It's like a secret that can't be contained once it gets out, right? But who knows? They they don't know. There's no final answer as to why cats should not be let out of bags. All right, you insomniac fucks. You've heard the call to arms. <laughs> All of you out there, if you can find a credible source to this, yeah, we will invent, and I swear this by my holy checkbook, we will find, discover, and make a shirt for you. Just you. I like it. We need to know this. I need to know this. And I don't have the time to do this. He does the research and even he couldn't find it. Just so. to point out, we are on uh, quarantine and we you have the time to do this. There's lint to pick <laughs> from my belly button, sir. There are floofs to clean. There are, there are yep. things I have to do. Fair. Fair. Well, if anybody knows, uh, hit us up. MidnightFactsForInsomniacs at gmail.com. Our Instagram is Midnight Facts for Insomniacs. Our Twitter is at Facts Midnight. Twitter still, I'm not even paying attention to, but it's there if you want to add us. I have no upcoming shows because all of my shows have been canceled due to virus, everything through the beginning of April. So at this point, I'm hoping I'll have some shows in April, but all of the shows I was looking forward to are now done, and my April and May shows yet to be determined. And I just want to say to everyone out there who's listening, Thank you all for your ongoing downloads. We've been paying attention. We've been watching. You've been listening. We appreciate it. So what I would ask, stay safe. Isolate. Get the things you need. Don't hoard. Help your fellow insomniac especially more because those people are way more valuable, obviously. Amen. All right. We'll see everybody next time. Next time. Next time.